helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. If you've ever seen someone explain a magician's trick, it usually involves directing your attention one way while the trick is done the other. The trick to to figuring out the illusion is knowing where to focus your attention. The same thing happens in politics. Everyone has an agenda, and they spend most of their time trying to get you to focus on that. Meanwhile, the trickery... Well, it's happening behind the scenes, outside of normal view. The trick to seeing the truth is to know the basis for all federal laws and powers. I like to sum it up in one simple phrase. It's the Constitution, stupid. Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution, teach your eyes and generation to be free. I'm glad you could join me today. You know, sometimes people ask me why it's so important to read and study the Constitution. Why John Jay said every member of the state ought diligently to both read and study the Constitution. And it comes down to knowing your rights and recognizing when they're violated. My wife, many, many years ago, worked as a bank teller. And in all of her training, I found it interesting that she never handled counterfeit bills. They wanted her to be so familiar with what a a real genuine bill felt like that a counterfeit would just feel wrong. As I understand it, they do the same thing in the Secret Service. When they're training uh, their agents to uh, spot counterfeits, they don't hand them counterfeits as examples. They get them so familiar with the, um, the real deal that even though they may not know why it's wrong, they simply recognize there's something wrong here. It's the look, it's the feel, maybe even the smell. Then when you investigate deeper, you find out what you know whether it truly is a counterfeit. And I think that's what John Jay was trying to explain to us. If you spend your time in the actual supreme law of the land, you quickly recognize when something just is not right. That's why I say it's the Constitution. So once you know the Constitution, everything else can suddenly, you can see something becomes less and less real. And the truth, well, the truth becomes obvious. Got an excellent example for that. Uh, How many of you remember um, the Virginia teacher who was fired for not using a student's preferred pronoun? Back in 2018, Peter of Lamming uh, was a teacher at, um, I think it's West Point High School in in Virginia. He was a French teacher. Now, uh, there was a transgender student in his class, and um, he referred to the transgender student by the student's preferred name, not pronoun, name. He was very careful to avoid third-person pronouns. Um, why? Because, well, he didn't want to violate his religious belief, but apparently that wasn't good enough for the West Point School Board, which ordered him to use the student's preferred pronoun. Uh, when he refused, they fired him, and he sued. Not a surprise. Now, here's what's interesting. First of all, the school board voted 5-0 to zero to terminate him 
for simply using the, the, the student's preferred name rather than preferred pronoun. Uh, this, uh, again, so the, the school board was a whole against this. He sued, and uh, the, uh, the, 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 the lower court, the circuit court, I believe, in, in Virginia basically uh, dumped the case right from the beginning they didn't uh they didn't hear any evidence they didn't do anything they basically the school board asked for them to just give it up and they did well uh, Vlaming's complaint went up to the i guess it's the the supreme court of virginia which recently um well they had a different opinion you see, they look at the circuit court's what's called a demure de novo. Basically, we're not gonna gonna listen to this, and uh, basically said no, you 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 got it wrong. But what's interesting is they went a little farther, and this is where things start to get interesting for me constitutionally. You see, Fleming is is claiming a a free exercise claim, not based on the First Amendment of the United States but Article 1, Section 16 of the Constitution of Virginia. Now, this reads, that religion or the duty which we owe to our Creator and the manner of discharging it can be directed only by reason and conviction, not by force or violence, and therefore all men are equally entitled to the free exercise of religion according to the dictates of conscience. Now, it goes on into other things, but that's the crux of it, the free exercise of religion under the Virginia Constitution. I keep telling people here, most of the free uh, of the freedom of religion cases I hear, most of the free speeches I hear, they claim they're First Amendment violations, but they cannot be, because the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States says Congress shall make no law. These almost never involve Congress making a law, almost never. So, point number one, understand the Constitution. Okay, he's claiming a free exercise under the Constitution of Virginia. Good. It, it's interesting because it, it, when we look at the opinion uh, from the, for the Supreme Court of Virginia, it says, Vleming uh, sued the West Point School Board, the principal and the assistant principal of the high school, and the superintendent, collectively the school board, alleging constitutional, statutory, and breach of contract claims. Examining only the allegations of Vleming's complaint, the circuit court dismissed Vleming's claims finding that they failed to state legally viable causes of action. Disagreeing with the circuit court, we reverse and remand. In other words, the, the Supreme Court says the circuit court blew it because they didn't recognize that he had a, a viable cause of action because of the um, uh, infringement on his free exercise of religion as protected by the Constitution of, um, uh, of Virginia. Now, while the Supreme Court goes into legally voluminous description of the details, to me, what is important here? This was not an issue under the Constitution of the United States. This is an issue under the Constitution of Virginia. And the while the Circuit Court basically brushed this off, the Supreme Court said, no, you, you made a mistake. Um, go back and fix it. Look at this under our free exercise clause, Article 1, Section 16 of our Constitution, and you'll find that uh, there probably is cause, at least to hear the case, to hear the evidence. Now, 
part of why this is important is I've seen multiple arguments that this is a, a major victory for Mr. Vleming and a major a victory for um, freedom of religion. It's not really a major victory. It's a good victory. But all the court has said is, listen, you didn't do this right. Circuit court, go back to it and try it again. And do so based on the fact that we looked at it and said, there appears to be a violation of our Constitution, Article 1, Section 16 of our Constitution. Deal with it. Now, I want you to think about this. This is a court, obviously. And you, well, you kind of expect courts to follow the Constitution, although it seems, in my experience, they rarely do. And um, they, they're more worried about the, the opinions of their peers than they are the actual language of the Constitution. But here we have a court in Virginia saying, no, we, we have to do this because our state constitution requires it. There is, um, there is cause. He does have standing. He, he, he deserves to be heard. But the same way that uh, people with an agenda point to this and saying, oh, look at it, it's a major victory. No. Let's, let, let's focus on, what, on, on the facts. Let's, let's look at the, at the, quote, the trick, the illusion. Recognize what it is. Let's focus on the, on, the, on the law. And again, I think this teacher has a very strong case. Um, because they were basically the school, a public school, was mandating speech. So to me, that's not simply a question of the, uh, uh, so much a violation of the, um, the free exercise clause, but of the free speech clause. You see, Section 12 of, the Virginia, of Article 1 of the Virginia Constitution says that the freedom of speech and of the press are among the great bulwarks of liberty and can never be restrained except by despotic governments that any citizen may freely speak, write, and publish his sentiments on all subjects, being responsible for the abuse of that right, that the General Assembly shall not pass any law abridging the freedom of speech or of the press, nor the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition government for a region's grievance. So it says right there, freedom of speech and of the press are the bulwarks of liberty. They cannot be restrained except by despotic governments. That any citizen may speak freely write and publish his sentiments on all subjects. Well, here's Mr. Uh, um, Mr. Vleming saying, okay, you want me to use a, program, a pronoun that violates my religion. Uh, it, it, it's wrong. And as a compromise, he said, I'll use your preferred name rather than your preferred pronoun. But the school wanted to compel him to use a third-person pronoun. So you see, not only do you have a freedom of religion aspect, you have a free speech aspect. You have a state entity, the school, compelling speech, which is prohibiting using different speech to put a different, to, to, to kind of put it. So again, we go back to the Constitution and what do we see? We see that, um, uh, yes, I believe he has a good case. We see the, um, the school and the circuit court, by the way, simply ignoring the Constitution. I, will, I would assume they're doing it for political purposes, right? We've got the whole, you know, quote-unquote transgender agenda. You can brush away all the magic tricks. Go back to the core. What's, the go what's going on? You have a state, a, 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 an agency created 
um, by government, a government agency, a government school, denying a person the ability to practice their religion, exercise their religion by compelling them to speak certain words. And that should be wrong. And that should be so obvious. But so many people get seem to get caught up in the in the distraction. In the, you know, oh, it's this agenda, that agenda. How about we just deal with the, the plain and simple? It is wrong to not allow someone to express themselves the way they want for religious purposes, for free speech purposes, as long as they are not harming somebody else. And let's face it, this student was not harmed. This dude pretending to be a girl in school, if memory serves, uh, I'm sorry, this, this, um, this girl, it was a biological female, pretending to be a boy in school, was not harmed by the fact that he used her, he used her name rather than a pronoun. Her life wasn't impacted. She didn't lose anything. Oh, she felt bad. Well, too damn bad. So you don't have a right to not feel bad. You, you cannot use your, your feelings to supersede the rights of somebody else. And that's why we go back to the Constitution. When we read it, we study it. The other nonsense is easily brushed away to get to the core of the matter. I think that's why John Jay said that every member of the state ought diligently to read and study the Constitution of his country. That's why I created the Constitution study, to help people diligently read and study the Constitution. To put it in my, my own words, to become so familiar with the actual source document that when anybody makes a claim, written, verbal, whatever, that doesn't jibe with it, there's some part of you that recognizes right off the bat something is wrong, and then how do we fix it? So that's that's um, that's why I say it's the Constitution, stupid. Once you see what the Constitution actually says, once we understand it, it makes such a difference, and it's one of the reasons why. In the in the Patriots program, and you know, in addition to the Constitution study, but in the Patriots program, we are focusing on the actual language of the Constitution. What does it say? What does it mean? Um, you know, my experience is a lot of people have come to me with claims. Some of them sound quite uh, quite reasonable until you ask them for the actual evidence to know what the Constitution says, and it's then that we start dealing with the problems. It, it's then that we're dealing with the uh, the issues of hey, how do we um, how do we deal with this? I have some more examples floating around. But before I get to those, I do want to take a break. And I hope, you know, you'll take some time in the next day or two to check out the Patriots program, constitutionstudy.com slash Patriots. It's an invitation-only uh, membership. Uh, to get the invitation, you have to go through the boot camp. All the information is there, constitutionstudy.com slash Patriots. Uh, if you join us, we're we not only are we teaching you things, I've already got some content up there, but you'll be early in the group. You'll help inform us as to what is the next thing? What are the important things that you think we need to do, to know? What do we need to study? That we, We're also working on the committees of correspondence. How are we going to communicate even with censorship? Uh, I, I, I'm relatively sure that um, YouTube and Twitter and other platforms are throttling some of the work from the Constitution study. So how do we get around that? That's part of what we're working on. 
And of course, we've got the uh, the Minutemen. How do we how do we activate? How do we do something? You know, rather than just saying, "Oh, well, you know, we found this, and here's the problem." How do we actually make a difference? How do we do something? So I hope you'll go over and check out the Constitution Study. Sign up for a mailing list. Uh, maybe donate, buy a book. Still excellent Christmas gifts. There's a couple of nice stocking stuffers in there. You can find it all there at the website constitutionstudy.com. I don't know about you, but this hectic time of year, you know, sometimes it's really hard to get a good night's sleep, and, and sleep is crucial if you want to remain healthy, especially, again, all the running around, all the parties, all the events. Well, the Health, the Wellness Center has a neat product called Restful Sleep. See, rather than using hormones like melatonin and others, it uses natural ingredients to help uh, your body relax, to reduce stress, teach your mind to quiet down so that you can get a good night's sleep. It is backed by documented research. It is made right here in the USA. It's vetted by the chief medical board of the wellness company. And I certainly think it's worth a try. Now, since you are an America Out Loud listener, you can get 25% off Restful Sleep or any of the products at the wellness company. You can also get 25% off your first month of membership if you decide to join the wellness company. You can find all the details at americaoutloud.shop. But please, check it out, find the details, make sure you use the code OUTLOUD when you're at the, the wellness company. It lets them know you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, well, you get 25% off products and your first month of membership. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Hey everyone, Nurse Kimberly Overton here from Nurses Out Loud. Over time, our cell signaling molecules diminished, leaving us vulnerable to the wear and tear of life. With the Sea of Redox, you can restore and revitalize your body at the cellular level. This is an incredible product that I personally use and can attest to seeing fantastic results, including better sleep, increased energy, improved mood, and a decrease in my joint pain. ASEA supports your immune system, enhancing your body's natural ability to repair itself. It promotes overall well-being so that you can experience a new level of vitality and resilience. It's time to take control of your health and experience the power of ASEA. Visit our online store today at americaoutloud.shop and use promo code OUTLOUD to save 15%. Be sure to tune in to Nurses Out Loud Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. 
natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study today. We're pointing out it's the Constitution, stupid. The Constitution is the supreme law of the land, and it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, there's a couple of areas that can be a bit ambiguous, but those are definitely the exception, not the rule. And it's an important point because so much of what we complain about today is not the problem of the Constitution, it's the fact that we don't follow it. Another example. In the first section, I talked about dealing with the Virginia Constitution. Let's deal with the federal Constitution. So the Tennessee Attorney General, John Scamitti, he's joined a bunch of other attorneys general that have written a, a, I guess they've written a letter opposing ATF's new rule. So here, let me explain this. So the, the, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms and Explosives, um, question, one of the questionable agencies, right? Because you, you could be dealing with commerce across state lines, but that's not what they do. Well, they've decided to come up with a new rule. Now, this rule basically says, um, they're, well, they're, they're, they claim they're trying to fill the, the quote-unquote gun show loophole. There is no gun show loophole. The rules for transferring ownership of guns doesn't change if you do it in a gun, in a gun show or anywhere else. Now, what the ATF decided to simply make up out of thin air was that they want uh, everybody, every time, to uh, they, they sell, gift, or trade a gun well, to go to to register the transaction with the agency and go through a background check. Right? You hear it referred to as universal background checks. Right? There's problem. There, there's several constitutional problems with this. Um, first of all, um, where's the where's the assumption of innocence? See, the thing is, the right to keep and bear arms is in the Constitution. By saying, no, you have to register that with us before you can do so, is a blatant uh, infringement on the right to keep and bear arms. Where does the federal government get the authority to say yes or no? Now, again, if you're talking about somebody that has a criminal record and as part of that punishment, they have lost their right to keep and bear arms, that's one thing. The problem is, see, federal law prohibits the federal government from collecting a gun registry. But here we have they want to register the transactions. Plain infringement. Oh, by the way, it's also a violation of the Fifth Amendment since it's, it's effectively depriving someone of, pro- of their own property without due process of law. You're saying, I cannot do with my firearm anything I'm legally allowed to without government approval. That is a deprivation of, that's depriving me of control of my property. If I don't control it, it's not mine. Um, so, you know, you have, again, the Constitution is real simple. This should be straightforward, but it's not because we pay no attention to the Constitution. So, uh, Scametti announced that his office is joining 26 others, attorneys general, uh, to a letter sent to the ATF demanding the ATF drop the rule, arguing that it violates the Second Amendment. Okay, I've pointed that out. I've also pointed out it violates the Fifth Amendment. 
And by the way, unless these transactions happen across state lines, it violates the 10th Amendment since there's no power delegated to the United States to regulate the sale of firearms. It is not interstate commerce unless it actually crosses state lines. Now, the, uh, the article that I was reading, this came out of Tennessee Star, um, pointed to a letter that was actually originated by the Kansas um, Office of Attorney General. And, uh, the, oh, there's an introduction, and it violates the, the Second Amendment, and they go into details, and it says it, it, it's arbitrary and capricious. Well, that's kind of true, because, again, we're not dealing with a law. We're dealing with a rule. We're dealing with an ATF rule. They say the rule is bad public policy. But the conclusion is a single sentence. For these reasons, the Bureau should withdraw the proposed rule. There's my problem. So you claim it's unconstitutional. You claim it, you know, it, it, you, you're claiming it violates the Second Amendment. I've already shown a client it violates the, the Fifth Amendment. Oh, by the way, it violates Article 1, uh, Section 1, Clause 1. Since you're basically, the ATF is making up a law without going through the legislative process, this is not simply, uh, in my opinion, should not simply be, we say you should withdraw that proposed rule. The answer should be, any said rule is there is a violation of the Constitution on multiple levels. It is therefore void and will not be enforced within this state. Any attempt to enforce this rule within this state will be met with legal actions, including, but not limited to, Oh, I don't know. Well, what can we find? You know, theft, um, deprivation of rights under color of law, whatever. See, I don't, you know, we keep hearing about the, these attorneys general. They keep sending letters saying, don't do this. Bad, bad ATF, bad federal agency. Is it the Constitution or not? Is it the supreme law of the land or not? If it is, grow a spine. If 27 attorneys general say this is unconstitutional, all they have to do is say, we will not allow it to be enforced within our borders. And I'd love to see them say, under penalty of um, criminal sanction, because you're going to be violating laws of the states when you do this. So let me ask you, if you live in Kansas, Iowa, Montana, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. Did I get Arizona? Oh, yeah, Arizona as well. Got to throw Arizona in there. Then you should be contacting your attorney general's office and saying, if this is such a blatant violation, first of all, it is a blatant violation of the Second Amendment. Point out it's also a violation of the Due Process Clause of the Fifth Amendment, and it's also a violation of Article 1, Section 1, Clause 1, since they are attempting to make law, then simply claim it is null and void, it is an unconstitutional act, it is therefore void and of no effect. And you can point to them, uh, Federalist 78, uh, and these three Supreme Court cases, uh, Marbury versus Madison, Ex parte Siebold, and uh, Norton v. Shelby County, all showing that unconstitutional acts are void, they're meaningless as if they never happened, grow a spine, and say no. Don't beg the criminal not to uh, break the law. Don't follow them when they do so. I know, people think I'm nuts when I say that. This is, they, they, they claim, I've heard people say, well, they, you know, they're talking about anarchy. No, I'm talking about enforcing the law, 
the supreme law of the land. But we keep letting, well, you know, there's a good reason why. Well, then if the, if the, if the law is bad, fix the law. But this idea of just because it's unconstitutional, we can still get away with it, that, ladies and gentlemen, is anarchy. That is criminal behavior. That, by the way, is an insurrection because it's claiming that the actors, the people we elect to represent us, and the bureaucrats that get hired supersede the laws we put in place. Here's another example. Kamala Harris had announced that they're going after the guns again. The new initiative is to coerce states to institute bans on assault weapons, high-capacity magazines, things like that. Right? By the way, this is intimidation. This is, ex this is extortion. The White House simply says, we know we can't do it because every time we've tried, we've got our hand slapped. So we'll convince them to do it for us. We'll convince the states to do it for us. Um, excuse me. Uh, what role does the federal government have in telling states what laws they must pass? None. Am I seeing any uh, uh, calls for impeachments of, of uh, Vice President Harris? How about the whole White House? See, the problem with the Constitution isn't the Constitution. It's we the people don't actually follow it. These people are paying no penalty for violating their oath of office, for violating the supreme law of the land. So why should they stop? Uh, look at the cities that have decided they're not going to, to prosecute certain crimes, and those crime, those crime numbers explode. Are you surprised? If you say you're not going to punish something that's criminal, the criminals keep doing it. That includes our government actors as well. Again, I go to my, to my state actors and they say, ignore their bullying because it means nothing. It's legally absent. Again, it's the Constitution, stupid. You took an oath to support it. It says the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't say shall not be infringed unless the White House asks for it. Right? We, maybe I'm sounding militant. Maybe I'm just getting too old to put up with the nonsense. But the Constitution either means what it says or it doesn't. We are either a constitutional republic or we're not. And the answer doesn't come from 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It doesn't come from Washington, D.C. It comes from your dining room table. It comes from you standing up and saying, wait a second, this is the supreme law of the land. You want, my, you want to represent me, you better stand up for it. Don't just give me the oath. Don't just say so. Do so. I think this is the the third letter in the last couple of weeks out of the Tennessee Attorney General's office that uh, where they're simply saying, "Hey, don't do that, bad, bad agency." Uh, I'm, I'm I want to reach out to their to the office and see if I can get one of the somebody from the office to show up on this radio program and explain both why they're doing this and why they're not following through with actually treating the, the Constitution as the supreme law of the land. And there's more. Again, we had ATF, we have the White House. Oh, there's more. The uh, Department, I'm sorry, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, they, they, they said they want to promote a, a, um, a new rule. See, they want to put um, what they call 
alcohol impairment detection technology in all new vehicles. Again, this is a federal bureaucracy violating the Constitution, violates Article 1, Section 8, Clause 1. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Article 1, Section 1, Clause 1. The, um, they're making law without going through the legislative process. It's invalid. It's void. Oh, by the way, they are. there's nothing in the Constitution that authorizes the federal government to regulate the technology in any vehicle or any property like uh, uh, such. They may claim, well, these, these get uh, passed through interstate commerce, but you're not regulating the interstate commerce. You're regulating the vehicle, whether it goes through interstate commerce or not. You're not even if it does go through interstate commerce, you're not regulating the commerce. You're regulating the vehicle. The Constitution says you can regulate interstate commerce. So we have, again, another one. And on and on and on. When are these attorneys general? Hey, one of the governors, one of those is going to say, you know what, D.C., pound it. Just give up. We're not listening to you anymore. You have jumped the shark. You have gone way too far. So far, all we get is we get, we get political tirades, like, like this one from Thomas Massey. You know, before seatbelts were mandated, they were an option in cars. Before airbags were mandated, they were an option in cars. And before backup cameras were mandated, they were an option in cars. I think uh, this is one area where Congress is way ahead of its, in front of its skis. And they've mandated a technology that, I mean, you're being nice about it, but let's just admit to it, it does not exist. If it did, somebody would be offering it in a car. Okay, Mr. Massey's a fairly calm guy, so maybe that's as much as a tirade as he gets. But what I find interesting is, listen, the, there's, this te- technology doesn't exist. And he said, before seatbelts were mandated, they existed in cars. Before airbags were mandated, they existed in cars. Before backup cameras were mandated, they were existed in cars. Mr. Massey, Congress doesn't legally have the authority to mandate any of those things. Do, do you realize what you're looking at? This, this Infrastructure Act that Congress passed um, created, an unconstitu- uh, created another un- unconstitutional mandate. None of these were are, are authorized. They do not legally exist because they violate the Constitution. Congress does not have the authority to regulate automobiles. They just need to make sure that when they're sold across state lines, that there are certain rules about the commerce that are maintained, not the product. But here you have even Mr. Massey saying, well, you know, the only problem I have with this is it's a technology that doesn't exist yet. Uh, Mr. Massey, the problem I have with this is it's a it's a power that Congress doesn't that doesn't exist in Congress. Now, maybe personally, listen, I have worn seatbelts since I was an itty bitty kid. From the day I, I first day I can remember getting into a car with my parents, my mother would give us the, my sister and I the three ups: lock up, buckle up, and shut up in that order. I wore motorcycle helmets before they were required by law because I've seen what helmets can do to save people's lives. I have uh, airbags. I'd love that. Backup cameras, those are nice technologies. But to say that the government has the authority to tell you what must be in this vehicle violates the Constitution of the United States. And I don't care how cute you make it. I don't care how you know, uh, oh, but it's so safe and it does these wonderful things. That does not matter. 
It's the Constitution, stupid. If it violates the Constitution, the act of Congress is void. It doesn't legally exist. Here, here, let me read you a quote from Ex parte Siebold. An unconstitutional act is void and is as no law. An offense created by it is not a crime. A conviction under it is not merely erroneous, but is illegal and void and cannot be a legal cause of imprisonment. See, we get ourselves all wrapped around the axle. Guess what? It's the Constitution, stupid. If we simply paid attention to that document, a lot of the problems we're dealing with wouldn't exist. And in fact, you know what? A lot of the calls for a, a convention of states would be meaningless because most of what they're asking for is not a problem with the Constitution. It's the fact that we do not follow it. Okay, listen, I have to take another break. But before I go, you know, join me. I want you to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for news and information. I go there every day to get news for this radio program and for others. But it's important that we do our part. See, I share that information among friends and family and, and yes, on, on the radio program and on social media. You can do the same. By sharing this information, you're helping to secure the blessings of liberty. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out AmericaOutloud.shop. Look for ASEA Cell Signaling Molecules Liquid Supplement and check out Nurse Michelle's recent favorite ASEA product, Renew 28 Revitalizing Redox Gel, because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when I broke my hip. Give it a try for your aches and pains and let Nurses Out Loud hear how your health 
has improved. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You rejoin the Constitution study. Again, we're, we're reminding people it's the Constitution, stupid. We've already talked about Congress and bureaucrats and, and, and some other entities. I'm continuing with Congress because you may have heard um, Congress passed the latest National Defense Authorization Act, otherwise known as the, the uh, military boondoggle. And in that, they reauthorized Section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act with no reforms whatsoever. Congress just reauthorized an act that blatantly violates the, the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution. I mean, not even close. The, the, the idea of, of warrantless surveillance that, in, that is... A lot of people have been saying, well, you know, Paul, it, it, it was, it's targeted at foreigners, therefore um, you know, it's okay because it's not targeting uh, American citizens. All right, well, first... Uh, that's not entirely true, right? Because a as a secondary tertiary target could easily be um, uh, could easily be an American citizen. But remember, the Fourth Amendment says the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. It doesn't say anything about the citizen or, or the U.S. Re a resident. People have a right to not be searched without a warrant. And that warrant must be based on probable cause supported by oath or affirmation. It, this is, I mean, this is basic 101 Constitution. So even if it's a, you know, even if you could make an argument that, well, as long as it doesn't happen with the, in this country, that's okay. I believe that's baloney. If you have evidence to warrant a search, there must be evidence to get a warrant. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. A warrant, the whole idea of a warrant is you have a justifiable cause to do so. But they don't do that. Oh, no, no, we need to, we need to search. We need to become uh, an intelligence firm. That's what they've turned the FBI into. Intelligence. We are searching for bad people doing bad things. That's the CIA's job. That has nothing to do with uh, uh, surveilling American citizens simply because they got an email or a phone call from somebody somewhere three house you know, three links down was was has a name similar to somebody that they think may be um, a, a terrorist. And Congress is author not only did Congress pass this, they authorized it again. Now I'm sure many people. Did the many members voted for it because, well, it's the NDAA. We have to pass the NDAA. I mean, you're talking about funding the military. If we don't fund the military, we're all going to die. First of all, that's reason one why putting things other than national defense in the NDAA. Well, I know they're claiming this is national defense. Bundling things together, it's just pork barrel. It's a way to get to convince people it's okay to get around the Constitution. That's all this is. And I'm curious, did your representative, well, it's the NDA, we got to vote to fund the military. Uh, no. Rule number one, no, you should not vote for any legislation that's unconstitutional. That's like step one. Should be, is it, is it con, are we exercising a power delegated to us by the Constitution? Does it violate a prohibition listed in the Constitution? If you can, if, if, if the, um, 
if it isn't exercising a power or if it's enacting something that's prohibited by the Constitution, then the answer is no. And simply wrapping it up in a pretty bow with something that people like, that's the worst part of politics. That's the criminal abuse of politics. And I, yeah, I'm letting my, uh, my representative know, you voted for this, I can't trust you. Because you put a, a political position you put a, 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 a position above the supreme law of the land. If they wanted money for the military, well, then they shouldn't have wrapped it up in a poison pill. But you see, we let people get away with it because they justify it. They make excuses for it. No, it's the Constitution stupid. That needs to be step one. Because, again, as I've already pointed out, that means that this act is void. Because it's an unconstitutional law. It's void. But we keep acting like it's really there. Why? Because we're ignorant. Just like we're ignorant when the federal government created the, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Managing diseases is not a power delegated to the federal government. It's not a power delegated to the United States. But yet here we are, billions of dollars spent on an agency that does not legally exist because the law that created it is void. The office that was created by this unconstitutional law does not exist. It is not a crime to violate it. But yet here we are. Oh, now you have the same CDC, which doesn't legally exist, making uh, uh, putting out a, a health advisory. Why? Because people are finally smart enough to stop listening to these idiots that don't understand science. I don't mean everybody at the CDC. I mean the people at the top that are saying, setting this policy. You lied to us about COVID. You've been lying to us about uh, juvenile vaccines. You've been lying to us about their safety, about the testing you do to make sure they're safe. You've been lying to us about the mask. You lied to us about the mRNA. You lied to us about the tests. You lied to us about the, the, um, the dangers. You lied to us about what testing it for effectiveness. You've done nothing to lie to, to us. And guess what? People... Are now saying, I don't, I'm not going to get your vaccination. And they said, you know what? Not just COVID, in, you know, flu, RSV, we're not going to do it anymore because you keep lying to us. And now the C says, oh, health advisory. Oh my God, we're going to have an emergency because people are not taking the experimental drugs that we've never tested, that we lied to them about. Now they're not taking it. It's, got, it's, gonna, it's now a health advisory. Does that mean we're going to have another health emergency? Or are we going to have members of the CDC saying you must get vaccinated in order to live your life? I wouldn't be surprised if that's coming. But again, since the vaccines have been proven not to stop the transmission of COVID, why should we believe the ones that do RSV? And let's face it, how effective have, have the uh, influenza vaccines been over the years? I've seen numbers between anywhere from 16% to 30%. I heard one that said 50%. Why should I trust you? Why should I test? Why should I do this when you've proven you cannot be trusted with this information? And oh, by the way, you don't legally exist. Speaking of not legally existing, the Food and Drug Administration, Health and Human Services, none of those are authorized by the Constitution. None of those powers are delegated to the United States. Well, both the FDA and HSS are being sued for concealing documents 
to suppress information about hydroxychloroquine and uh, uh, what was the other ivermectin. Why? Well, they don't have any legal authority to do anything because food regulation, drug regulation, not delegated to the United States. Health, human services, not delegated to the United States. These are all illegal powers. That's what I keep saying. You know, when you read the Constitution, when you learn what the truth is, it is a bombshell to the tyranny coming out of D.C. Now, you want to hear some really interesting stuff. There's, a, there's an organization called uh, ICANN, the Informed Consent Action Network. Um, it's, it's set up by a gentleman by the name of Del Bigtree. Uh, you should check them out. Their, their, their attorney has been gathering some unbelievable information from government records. Little things like, you know, the, the, the CDC says that, I think it was CDC, uh, says that, uh, th that uh, childhood vaccines uh, do not cause autism. So when they asked, well, where are the tests to, to, as a basis for you to make that statement? The CDC has yet to be able to provide a single one, at least dealing with the, the vaccines in the first six months of life. They haven't, uh, they haven't shown it. They haven't been able to show it. But again, you go back to the Constitution. The con they, they're not authorized to do this. Those agencies do not legally exist. And once you, once you start reading the Constitution and you realize 90% of what these idiots are saying are lies, 90% of what the lawyers are saying, 90% of what the government is saying are lies. And again, don't t trust me. Read the Constitution. Read Ex Parte Siebold, Martin v. or Norton v. Shelby County. Read Federalist seventy-eight. These are the words of the Supreme Court of the founding fathers. Read them, and what you find is, yeah, ninety percent of Washington D.C. is a waste. It's an illegal act. It's it's a it's an organized crime outfit. Now the Supreme Court has agreed to take up a case that I want to keep an eye on. And it involves the what I believe to be the gross overcharging of many of the January 6th defendants. It's this use of um, what's supposed to be a law to prevent evidence tampering to put hundreds of defendants in jail for, quote-unquote, obstruction of Congress. See, the case, uh, which is, uh, I think it's Fisher v. United States, I'm not sure um, who the, the defendant is, uh, says they were charged with corruptly obstructing an official proceeding, namely the joint session of Congress convened for the counting and certification of the Electoral College votes on January 6, 2021. First of all, you have to, to prove that they, what they were doing, they were corruptly obstructing Congress. Most of them were simply walking the halls because they got invited in. Some people committed damage, yes. Some people trespassed. Uh, some people uh, dam committed damage. The vast majority of them, there is evidence they did not. But here's what's interesting. One, the requirement that it be done corruptly. But two, okay, if you're obstructing Congress, Congress had convened to count the Electoral College votes, not to certify them. Read Article 2. Congress does not certify the Electoral College votes. They do not. Their job is to, is not, Congress doesn't do this. The president of the Senate, right, the, who's the vice president of the United States, make sure that the votes are counted. Congress isn't even responsible for counting the votes. They're there to witness the counting of the votes. 
And if there is a, nobody gets a majority for either president or vice president, then one house or the other actually will just make the final decision. So it's really interesting. How are you supposed to uh, um, obstruct the certification of the Electoral College when the Constitution says Congress doesn't do that? Or I should say, the Constitution doesn't say that Congress does that. Again, it's the Constitution. All you got to do is read it. All right, so I want to send you out on possibly some, some good news, because I, I, I talked a bit earlier about the, the Fourth Amendment and, and, and other things and understand the Constitution. Apparently, apparently has updated their, their, their guidelines and they will no longer provide consumer data about push notifications to law enforcement without a warrant. So this, this I talked about a week or two ago, how um, the, they've been handing over, you know, the, the law enforcement would ask for push notification information. So if you've got an Apple or an Android, right, you get those little pop-ups. Um, Apple, it's called a push notification. And they were simply turning over that data based on nothing but a subpoena. Remember, a subpoena is not a warrant. A subpoena is generally a questionable request for information. I don't care how demanding they put that those the language. They don't have the right. They, they, in order for them to search information, they must have a warrant. Uh, in other words, a subpoena doesn't uh, rise to an exigent circumstance. Apple has now updated their own guidelines. They will no longer hand out that information on push notifications. With simply a subpoena, they're going to require a search warrant. Again, probable cause supported by oath or affirmation, or they're going to require customer consent. This is actually good news. We have a company, a large tech company, that's doing a little bit more to protect your rights. So I come back, you know, so the it's the Constitution, stupid. It's the supreme law of the land. It's one of the things I've been hammering on. And, you know, it's amazing to see people going, well, this and this. That's not what the Constitution says. It's why I promote so heavily. People read and study the Constitution. If you haven't read it before, read it. If you haven't read it in a while, read it. It's only about 8,000 words. It should take you less than 20, 30 minutes to read it. It's not that hard. The English is not, it's not that old English that's hard to read. It's really pretty simple. I, I wrote a book to make a daily devotion out of reading the Constitution so that in 30 days you can read it in little bitty chunks. It, it's all about starting there, getting used to getting so familiar with the language of the Constitution that when, when somebody brings along the, as a friend of mine likes to call it, barnyard substance, it just pops. You, you recognize something is wrong. I like getting into studying it, understanding it in more detail. How do I apply it? How do I use it to defend my rights, to assert my rights? Do you see now why I focus on that so much? Do you see why I created the Patriots program? ConstitutionStudy.com slash Patriots to help people with the education they need, the communication they need, and yes, the help that they need for whatever thing compels them to have support to do it better. If you're a Second Amendment advocate or a free speech advocate or a, a Fourth Amendment advocate or a, a Fifth Amendment advocate, the Patriots are there to help, to give you education about the constitutional issues there, and then tools. How do I use this to defend my rights and the rights of my neighbors? 
We want, we're developing the communication tools so that we can know what's going on. Hey, so-and-so in this town, they're having a problem. Can someone help? The, this group in this town, they, they're having a, a meetup. They're showing up at the Capitol to demonstrate of, of, against something. Can we get people aware and to show up? Communication and an activation. People that, that have decided they will help. Not simply they'll they'll help their own agenda, but they'll help others' agenda as well. They will truly be there to help their fellow citizen and to help their fellow man. I think that's something worth doing. I think when we recognize that, yes, it's the Constitution, stupid. The Constitution is the, the, the fix for so many of our problems. But like an old tool left to rust in the dirt, it's worthless until we learn how to pick it up, until we learn how to use it, and then we actually pick it up and use it. I'll talk more about that every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on American Out Loud Talk Radio, heard in the iHeartRadio network. That's when you can join us for the Constitution Study. If you can't join us, though, don't worry. Every episode goes to podcast, generally a day or two after it's heard on talk radio. Listen on your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave us ratings and reviews. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well, and we can really use the help. They can find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But please, share them. Just like subscribing to the podcast, sharing those links help other people know what's going on, learn the importance of the Constitution, and share the blessings of liberty.